let this sink in. 12,000 BC, people started drying food. 12,000 BC. That's how long people have been preserving food of some way. Let's talk about that right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Are you currently drawing any food, Batavia? That's the question. No, I'm not currently drawing any food. Nothing? No, no. I mean, I am curing some things, but that's like episode six. All right. Well, we're going to pause this and Batavia will be right back with her drawing situation. No. <laughs> no. So Harvest something right now and set it up to dry, right? Yeah, I am drawing a few things, but mm-hmm. let's see. <clears throat> um... All right, so I'm going to read from the National Center for Home Food Preservation and saying, I'm going to change a word in here because this was written in 2002 and Mm-mm. things have changed. So, um, in ancient times, the sun and wind would have naturally dried foods. Evidence shows that the Middle East and Asian cultures actively dried foods as early as 12,000 BC in the hot sun. Later, Cultures left more evidence, and each would have methods and materials to reflect their food supplies. Fish, wild game, domesticated animals, etc. Vegetables and fruits were also dried from the earliest times. The Romans were particularly fond of any dried fruit they could make. In the Middle Ages, they purposely built still houses created to dry fruits and vegetables and herbs in areas that did not have enough strong sunlight for drying. A fire was used to create the heat needed to dry foods and in some cases smoking them as well. So that last Hmm. sentence is interesting because not only were they drying it, but then they were also infusing it with smoke and changing the flavors of it. It's pretty Mm -hmm, cool. mm -hmm. Do you know where the Middle Ages were? Say Do you know when the Middle Ages were? I don't know. Some It's going to be corny, but somewhere in the middle. <sighs> A middle of what? <laughs> I don't even know. I showed up today. I was uh, <laughs> I was pausing because I was thinking about like the idea of smoking something. And it's like, well, it's still it's still dried. Yeah. Right. But as a part of that process, you know. I guess this fish tastes different than the normal dried fish they were doing back in 12,000 BC. Or was that the Romans? Um, you know, I don't you know. I'm off that Romans. page right now. I was just looking up. Middle <laughs> Ages is dates 500 to 1500. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's when that was. <clears throat> um, yeah, drying fish. I'm not a big fan of dried fish. I'm just going to go on the record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But smoked fish, which I guess is smoked dried fish, is is tasty. Mm-hmm. Just it's, a, it's an acquired taste, I would say. Yeah, but the there's a little spot that um when I there are a couple of errands that I run in and it's like on a bridge and you can tell when they open for the season because it's like the line of cars, the line of people that are outside. It's like a little like a fisher fisherman's hut, like yeah. that's the like the whole decor, and they do a lot of like dried um what do you call it like um. You know, salmon and things like candied yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, I've never. That's not necessarily. I mean, I don't know if I've ever even had it. Now that I think about it, because I'm going to say it's not my thing, but I don't know if I've ever really tasted. it. I don't it. know anybody that had anything like that, but I know there's this man that was on the side of the road when I was a kid. His name was Billy Ray. He made some smoked barbecue chicken. Damn, that was good chicken. But that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> 
every now and again when I consume something I've made, I feel like I'm just not doing it right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this could be way better than what I've put together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting when we read this that they were saying the Romans were fond of any dried fruit they could make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then also herbs, drying herbs, because back then herbs were like a religious thing, you know, so you wanted to mm. preserve those herbs to use them for, for your rituals. Rit- and- yeah, rituals. I was going to say ceremonies, but rituals would be mm-hmm. a better um, word. You know, I mean, it's even in the Bible where there was certain herbs that had to be used when you went into the tent of God. So this goes mm-hmm. way back, mm-hmm. way back. Yeah, it was actually when you mentioned herbs, I was saying to myself, like how we have transitioned the use of herbs, yeah. you know, like still very much medicinal. But like this idea of the seasoning of, of food is basically the primary uh thought that we have when we think about herbs yeah. um which is something that i just i feel like you know my it's been a, a whole journey when it comes to growing herbs and then you look for the you know purpose of using them in your cooking um and i'm still on the road to growing enough to actually dry to complement kind of you know the course of the year or the years yeah. if you will um because there's some things that i do use as staples you know and it's like all right i have the purchased container but gosh wouldn't it be nice you know especially some of those things grow wild like you know your parsley and your oregano and so on but anyway oh so you're trying to go into the planning portion already Mm. I'll take it. Well, I'll, buy mean, it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I didn't see the show notes. I didn't see the 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 uh, outline, the the outline of contents for the episode. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> no, it, you know, um, like we eat a lot of basil. Most mm-hmm. gardeners mm-hmm. eat a lot of basil. They grow a lot of basil. It's super easy to grow, um, super easy to propagate, which if you propagate it, you just cut it, stick it in water, you get roots and you get another mm-hmm. plant. That being said, there's other herbs that I consume but i don't consume enough of to necessarily grow you know what i mean like a bay leaf for instance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like i cook a lot of soups in the winter time i probably i cook two to three soups a week that's like my thing is i cook soups that being said i use one bay leaf in each soup and honestly i don't even know what a bay leaf does but i know that every recipe calls for it yeah and i know you can grow it but should I be growing it so I could preserve it and use it in my own food? Like, I, I don't know the answer to that. And I'm not really it's looking on, for an answer because it's a personal decision. Well, there's so many things like the list of what you can grow or what you're interested in growing is so long. And I've come to terms with the idea of I can't grow it all in a season. Right. And it's going to it's just a part of my longer list. I actually have done a bit of searching on bay leaves because generally they're expensive. You know, you buy them from the store, right? You know, so I think for that, it maybe goes up a couple of notches on the list. But I've already forgotten the thing that I learned whenever I was reading about growing like, you know, a plant to then harvest the leaves, the bay leaves or whatever. Um, So I'm not going to spend more time on that because I'm that's like that's the depth (laughs) that I have. (laughs) But I do want I do want to. So. A part of food preservation. Did you hear the internal taking a breath? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a part of the preservation conversations, the series, like the the reading and research that we're doing on our own and the, um, you know, trying it, toying around with different methods. All of that, again, ties back to maybe I can introduce something to my diet that I'm not currently consuming. And it's. It's just based on lack of experience with it. Yeah. You know? 
So I've done a lot of drying in the past. Um, I dried, <clears throat> we used to go apple picking every year. And mm-hmm. when we went apple picking, you can pick by the bushel. So we'd get like three or four bushels when we went. I mean, we went deep. But when we got. Like how many apples are in a bushel? A lot. I don't know. Okay. It was a lot. Like, like 30, 40, 50 a lot? Yeah, or? like over 50. Okay. I, I would okay. say, I mean, obviously it depends how big the apple is. And somebody out there right now is like, no, an apple bushel is this much. Like, you know, please let us know if you want. But we would, you know, we would come home with those apples and that would be, we would make apple chips. We would make apple mm-hmm. butter. We would make apple jelly. We would make mm-hmm. all of these different things and we would consume them over the time. And that, you know, apple chips were a snack. I was never super crazy about them. But I still ate them. But then we got into like we would go to the grocery store and we would buy um, strawberries. Peak season. You know, they Mm -hmm, were like mm -hmm. 50 cents a pound or something because they just had so many. And we would get those and we would dry those as well. We did a lot of fruits. We would do some vegetables and stuff for um, our backpacking meals. We got into like custom making like soup packets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did do some um, beef jerky when we ate beef. So there was that. But we used a dehydrator. But I know people that use ovens. Um, you know, if you have a greenhouse in the summertime, it would be a good place to do it as long as it's not overly humid in there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another good place to do it. Um, you know, dehydrators, I think, are are really the thing to use. So, yeah. um, you know, one thing I would say about a dehydrator, you know, the one we had was not high end and I don't mean high end like you have to get the $1000 model but I wouldn't um cheap out on it because it didn't hold the heat well and what happened is it had stackable trays and you could remove a tray or whatever but it had inconsistent mm-hmm. heating all the way through so like your top ones right where the fan sat would just right away and then the yeah, next yeah, ones and then dry, all yeah. the way down to the bottom so you just kind of had this fluctuation you know what I mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um and yeah. I know there's people out there that do a lot of drying. It's a there's a community. Yeah, I mean, we're the, not a part of it, but it exists. The community is strong too for drying. Let's put it that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I respect that because if you go to the store and you buy, um, just go look at dried fruit. Number one ingredient is mm-hmm. sugar. You know what I mean? It's got more sugar than a can of soda per like a quarter cup of it you know it's crazy so this is like how you can preserve it and have it naturally you know yeah so you're tapping into that piece of like the my tinfoil hat right like why are we putting so much sugar in a piece of dried fruit right you know so i'm not gonna we don't have time today to get into that but what i do challenge myself to do and i challenge others to do is be open to this thing not tasting the way that you're accustomed to it tasting Mm -hmm. or that you think it should taste right so let's say that i go to the farmer's market we have another like you know two months of the farmer's market in our area apples are going to be coming in strong i'm not growing that type of fruit in my garden but i can buy maybe not a bushel but i can buy some apples and let's say that i'm not going to eat all the apples that i purchase but they're in season and i start to dry some using my dehydrator it's going to taste different than anything i've i've had in some type of trail mix or some type yeah. of like, you know, like fruit package of dried fruit or whatever have you. And 
it's being okay with that. Because as soon as you do that comparison and say, oh, it doesn't taste like, you know, whatever the package is in aisle nine, then you're walking away from what the real goal is here. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, so I was just looking at dehydrators because it's been something that I've been talking to my wife about how I want to get back into it because I do enjoy Mm -hmm. it. And when I was looking at it, I was I did a little bit of research. And when I say a little bit, I mean a little bit. But I picked one out. I think preliminary picked one out. You know how it is. I analyze the crap out of anything before I give anybody my money, which I recommend everybody else do all over the place. Doesn't matter what it is. And I saw that they had like, you know, it comes with a rest. Everything comes with a recipe book and they had honey bourbon peaches dried recipe. So Hmm. my experience is when I dried it, it got a little, a lot more tart flavor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But maybe I don't know how much honey goes into it or anything, but brushing some honey on can help eliminate that because the act of drying is exactly what it says. It's drying. It's removing the moisture. Yeah. So the yeah. things that we you want to look out for when you're drying foods is like don't have them overlapping. You know, mm-hmm, if you're mm-hmm. if you're drying bunches of herbs, which I feel very comfortable saying most people dry herbs if they grow them. You know, if they're preserving something, that's like your natural first step is I'm going to dry my basil. And, you know, I dry my basil by hanging it up in my kitchen or on my seed starting shelf or something. And I make bundles. But when I make those bundles, you want to make sure that they're not super tight to trap the moisture in and -hmm. keeping that airflow going around it. Yeah, it's a quick note. So if you harvest your basil, which... Reminds me, once it flowers and you dry it, do you still, because you know how the flavor tastes like when something like basil flowers, is it still just the same for you from a dry perspective? Yeah. So basil, Mm -hmm. and I mean, most herbs in general lose a little bit of flavor when you dry them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe it loses a little bit of that bitterness that comes with the flowered, like when the the plant starts to bolt. Um, So if you're, let's say you bring it in, you wash it. Like, don't bundle it there. Separate those, like, stems, you know, the leaves or whatever have you, and let them get some dryness to them. Now, they're not dried, right. you know, from that. But once you bundle them, they basically, you don't want to do it sopping wet is basically it. Because that definitely is going to start clinging to each other. You're going to definitely have, you know, some mold or mildew or whatever have you, which actually is, we'll probably need to cover off on this with each method in each episode. The idea of the safest way to do this yeah. thing. Because there's a lot of apprehension around this. I mean, if we thought about the number one reason reason number two number three reasons why people don't do more of this safety would be right up there and then kind of the time it would take compared to what you think you can buy for uh, the cheap at yeah. a store right like you know I'm, I'm i'll go ahead and pay for it instead of trying to do it on my own which i mean we all are guilty of in one way or another yeah for sure and i so like <clears throat> this is the time of year in which i start to dry my herbs you know, it's coming mm-hmm. to the end of the year, so I try to go out and, you know, harvest a bunch and get them. And I'm actually planning on doing a video about it just, you know, to help you because, you know, the whole food preservation thing. Yeah. But I'm going to be drying a bunch of herbs. And the biggest thing, and it's like, I can hear it right now. I can hear my wife. I don't want, well, this is what she said. I don't want this stuff just sitting around the kitchen. Now she understands that, like, this is, this is life. This is garden slash homestead life. This is what it is. Like, you're going to mm-hmm. leave stuff laying around the kitchen. It's got to ripen. It's got to dry. Like, this is it. Yeah. And then when it's all said and done, you can put it away. But, you know, you 
if you wash it, I don't even wash my basil. Um, say mm. what you want. I just don't wash it. I just put it up. But if you do that, then you lay it out, let the water droplets dry, and then you bundle it and hang it up, whatever. Um, you know, at any given point, we can have lavender and some flowers and stuff drying. Um, sometimes we'll have some like hydrangea flowers drying for decorations mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which that doesn't really count because who gives a shit if they dry completely? Let's be honest. <laughs> but, um, and I take them and then I put them, I have a coffee grinder, an electric mm-hmm. coffee grinder. I, I don't grind coffee where I got that ship sailed. We, I mean, we, we worked on ships for a long time. We were used to drinking like rock bottom gut nasty coffee. So we use that now to grind our herbs so it's just you know you give it a couple pulses and it's done Mm -hmm. you know once Mm -hmm. it dries but sometimes I let them dry for months I don't even touch them I just let them dry Mm -hmm. because what's it going to hurt you know what I mean and I'll do it all in big batches at the end of the year when it's all said and done then I'll come back and I'll I'll do them all at once I saw someone um, drying the the, I'm pretty sure it was basil the leaves whole and saying like um, basically grind them when you're ready to use them. And so there's no right or wrong way, right? The method you're using versus the method that this person describes. I think the common theme is the easiest way for you to use it. So I, I want to put my tomatoes that I've uh, harvested down in the basement because it's probably on any given day, five to seven degrees cooler down there. Right. Like I'm not ready to process them yet. I have a better chance of them staying fresh by fresh. I mean, like not molding. Right. If I put them downstairs versus if they're in my kitchen where they're in my direct sight. Right. Because the kitchen, the heat fluctuates. Right. Right. However, putting them downstairs where again, it may be, you know, it may buy me a couple of days. They're out of sight, out of mind. That's an issue. So I need to keep them in a place where, again, the key is what's the best chance at me using them right right not only using them fresh but okay when we get done here it's the reminder when i go down to make my lunch oh you know what go ahead and get a bite to eat and then you need to really get to processing them yeah right you know because it's not for these things for like when we talk about something like that you know processing them i could dehydrate my cherry tomatoes right processing them means a bunch of different things we were talking about preserving um when it comes to something like those herbs, that's a great example of, I can use the basement for that because I don't need to keep an eye on them for the next, you know, four or five or six or seven days. You know, if I do it properly, if you will, I can then come back in another five or six days and there two weeks or whatever have you. I want to touch also before we we move on, I want to touch on the smoking aspect of it, the smoking Mm -hmm. drying. And then I want to touch on how we feel about drying in general. Um, So one, um, it says here, which is super fascinating, that people were actually building houses specifically to dry (laughs) fruits. They were basically building a dehydrator back then, (laughs) but like entire houses. And so I am a big backpacker. If you don't know, now you know. And, you know, we go out hiking and, you know, we're big and all that good stuff. And there's a show that I watch. It's called Alone. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about it. And it's basically a survival expert goes out. They get 10 items and then last one standing loses. There's no challenges. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just survive. And my man went out in the Arctic in the Arctic. Okay. And I'm not joking when I say Arctic and shot a 900 pound moose with a rudimentary bow and arrow. And then he had to cure it, right? Or he had to dry it. So he had this 900-pound mist. Now, up there, you can also freeze it, like just leave it outside. But it was still warmish. 
So he had it set up in his tent, not his tent, in his shelter, and he was smoking it. And I mean, he had like fat dripping on his face and everything, <laughs> like you know. But he was drying this food to store, and another guy shot a deer in. Um, I don't know where they were, but anyways, it wasn't really cold yet. So he had to build a separate smokehouse. Now, let me put it into perspective for you. Dude was eating a hundred calories a day for like three weeks. And once he shot Mm. this thing, so he had like, you know, he's losing weight super fast. He's really weak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My man shot that deer, toted it back and then decided, Hey, I need to build a separate structure to smoke my meat (laughs) so I could preserve it to eat it later like that's like that's impressive you know what i mean yeah and i know yeah. we don't really talk about meats a lot on here i mean i myself am a pescatarian so i can smoke fish and all that but that the meat is the big part of this that can really introduce bacteria and mm, stuff mm. like that now for smoking like for instance i am about to embark on a chipotle pepper mission i'm going to try mm. and smoke some jalapenos to make chipotle peppers so if that works great and that's just another way to preserve them. So I get that smoky flavor that I thoroughly, yeah. thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. Could you, I could smell it just now. Could you? Yeah. Oh, it is uh-huh. so good. Which actually, uh, we're, we're at time, but we have to mention the idea of drying peppers. Yeah. And the, like, I mean, it's used in so many dishes that we know and love. But it's not something that's commonly done, right? You know, I, I, I'm just generally speaking when it comes to gardeners. Uh, and I grow a lot of peppers. And it's actually something I'm looking into because, again, I'm always trying to figure out what ways can I enjoy this later and enjoy it differently. So I grew up and my, my mom, you know, my grandfather's a big gardener. My mom, she dabbled and then she got more into it. I grew up with a string of peppers hanging from the ceiling in my house. All you need. Mm-hmm. Is a needle and fishing line and some pepper. And usually it's cayenne peppers. You know, it's a real general mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And you just string them up. Yeah. And then you dry them right there. And then when you need one, you just pluck it off. You pull it off and you can grind it and make a p- powder or whatever you want. And that brings me into how we feel about drying. So after we've had this conversation very quickly, would you consider drying more? And what would you consider drying? I think I'd consider drying more and I think it's some of the general vegetables like I'd love to think about um, green beans, you know, so a different way. I mean, just think about storage space if they were dried Um, and I'm going to go with peppers just because I currently have some cayenne peppers that have dried and they kind of dry by accident because I just never got around to them a couple of years ago once I pulled them off of the plant. Um, So um, I am the same way. Um, okra is something I want to dry ah, and green beans and peas. Um, I've done peas before and I've done carrots and I want to get back into those because they're really mm-hmm. good for us to make our backpacking meals. But mm-hmm. also a friend of the show, Sir Purple, shout out. Um, he sent me some pepper powder last year ah. and I was like, dude, this is like, th- it was exactly what I was looking for was pepper powder. Because I could add it to my food and just get heat, no flavor. It, I keep forgetting about yeah. this. And so that's something that right now I'm trying mm-hmm. to do is dry some peppers and make some pepper powder. 
So I'm getting mm-hmm. to the point now where I'm getting more and more peppers and I'm just trying to put some back and maybe make some and just kind of test out different things. So next year, if I really want to, I can go, and I've got a couple different peppers, including the Sir Purple pepper mm-hmm. that I want to do. Um, and that's simply for the simple fact of like, how many fresh peppers can a brother man eat? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like when I go to the bathroom, I can't handle this so much, you know, so we can our jalapenos and we're going to make chipotles, uh-huh. but you know, and like I said, I was looking into getting a dehydrator because I definitely think that this is a very good way to use for multiple things, herbs, medicines, vegetables, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I hunt. So if I shot something, I would, I would definitely dry some. So all that stuff we could do. Um, I think this is a very good method and it's easy way mm-hmm. to get started too. Even if you're only doing herbs, you're already in that field. I think the first thing that I dried, I actually used my oven. It took a long time, yeah. but it was, um, crushed red pepper yep. flakes. There you go. Right. No flakes. Still only powder. Too. Only powder. Hmm? From here on out for me, it's only powder. No more flakes. <laughs> And with that being said, everybody, thank you for joining us on the Backyard Gardens podcast. And until next time. Oh, that's me. See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.